0: Good evening, it's good to be with you guys again, always good to be with you guys. Um, when Scotty asked me to talk about hope and per- perseverance, um, that's kind of an easy one, when you, when, you get, when you get older, like I've been, I've, been, I've been trying to follow Jesus for about 40, 40 plus years now, and you don't go 40 plus years without um, hanging on to hope and having some perseverance, otherwise you bail out, That's just the way it works. So, um, have have you, um, have you, have you ever had a vision, I mean, maybe not a literal vision, but a vision of, of the way you want your life to be, or maybe, maybe like this dream that, that you think is from God, and it's like, you have this vision of the way things could be, or should be, and then sometimes you look at your life now, and you go, yeah, um... It's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. And uh, you, it's easy to get stuck. And uh, I, I want to I look at a little scene in the life of, of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Because he had a vision. Like, Well, it wasn't just a vision. Literally, Jesus came and told him, You are going to go to Rome. You're going to stand before the emperor. You're going to stand before Caesar. You're going to speak my words. And he's like, oh, no, he had some difficulties going on because he was in jail, which is a problem if you're trying to get to Rome and you can't actually go anywhere. But, but it was all part of the process, and eventually after a couple years, so he waits a couple years. I, I know you guys know this story because he went through the Book of Acts, at least some of you <laughs> did. But he waited a couple years, and then he gets put on, you know, eventually he's going to go, he gets sent to Rome to stand trial before Caesar, and he gets put on a boat. And he's on the way to Rome. It's like capital city. It's like going to—I don't know—New York City for me, maybe Wellington for you. Or it's like going someplace you've always dreamed about going. And and he's on his way there. And then—and then a storm comes, and he's got two weeks of not seeing the sun, not seeing the stars. Horrible, horrible storm. Gets blown off course. Everybody has lost hope. Like they all think they're going to die. And, and and even in the midst of that, God comes to him. An angel appears to him. He gets the angel in the middle of the storm. He's got some friends, Luke and Aristarchus, with him. They don't get the angel. But Paul gets the angel and says, Oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. You're gonna, the ship's going to go down, but everybody's going to be saved. So the ship goes down... Long story, but they they and they end up in Malta. Paul doesn't want to be in Malta. He wants to be in Rome. So what do you do when you get stuck in Malta? Now I'm gonna use that as a as a metaphor, because most of us aren't in Malta right now, literally. We're We're in Wellington, right? So we're not in Malta, but some of us are definitely in Malta. And you're looking at your life and you go, I am so stuck in Malta right now. And I do not want to be here. I forgot to pull this up on my phone. This is found in Acts 28. And when they, starting in verse 1, it says, When they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for because, because of the rain that had set in, and because of the cold, they kindled the fire and received us all. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, fastened itself on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, undoubtedly this man is a murderer, and though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. However, Paul shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm, but they were expecting that he was about to swell up, which is a really good visual in my mind. They were expecting him to swell up and fall down dead. But after they waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say, He is a god. (laughs) Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us courteously three days. And it happened that his father was lying in bed, afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery, And Paul went to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. And after this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured. they also honored us with many marks of respect, and when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all that we needed. So Paul finds out he's on the island of Malta. He's actually in St. Paul's Bay, although it wasn't really named St. Paul's Bay yet. Um, But that's where he landed what do you do when you end up in Malta? Well, I think the first thing you do is you build a fire because you got to stay alive. He's coming in from a storm. He's wet. He's probably cold. They build a fire to stay warm. And you know what? Sometimes when you get stuck in that place that you don't want to be, whether it's physically or whether it's circumstances of your life, you have to begin by taking care of yourself. you got to stay alive. And I think think it definitely means physically. Like sometimes when we're going through difficult times, we just, we don't take care of ourselves. And so we don't get enough sleep, and we don't eat right, and we don't exercise. But when you don't do any of those things, you're going to get depressed. (laughs) And if you don't get sleep... You're going to kind of go crazy. Absolutely. So I, I, the first thing we have to do, we have to physically, you know, some of us, we, we have difficult time, difficult, difficulty dealing with our circumstances or being in Malta because we have so much sugar and caffeine and alcohol in our system that it's not helping us at all. So I, just, I want to put it up. Now, this is me like at 55 looking back and going, yeah, I did a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> I went years not taking care of my body. And that affected my spiritual life. It affected how I dealt with difficult times. So sugar is not a food group. Caffeine is not a food group. Chocolate's Chocolate probably is. But we <laughs> <laughs> need to... Be sensible about how we take care of ourselves physically, and then spiritually we need, to, we need to have those habits in our lives that sustain us during when we get beached in Malta. Those things that you do when you don't even feel like doing them, but, but because you've learned how to do them, they just come naturally, even when it's difficult. And those, those disciplines need to, those habits, they, they need to be at least around, around Scripture. I need to have some way of connecting with Scripture in my life. It needs to be around prayer. It needs to be around worship. And it needs to be around community. At least those four things. And I say those four things because when Luke described the, early, the, the first church in, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42, that's what they did. That's how he described it. Yep, they did this. Oh, and then there were signs and wonders and people were at being added to the church daily. But that's another sermon. We have to do those things that help us stay alive physically and spiritually and emotionally. So we've got to build a fire. So if, you're, if you find you're in Malta and you're really frustrated, build a fire. Start there, build a fire. second thing Paul did is he didn't sit down and start whining about being in Malta. It, it, that's not... A, at least that's not record, recorded. What he did, he said, okay, well, what's here? Oh, there's a guy who's sick? I know how to heal people. <laughs> and so he went and laid hands on, on a sick person, and they were healed. And, and, and when one sick person was healed, soon lots of sick people came in, and pretty soon Paul had a lots, lots of things to do. When you get stuck in Malta... When you're not where you want to be, you got to start with what's right in front of what's right in front of you. We have to be faithful with what God's put right in front of us, not waiting for that day. You know, when we're going to be the apostle to the nations. I'm going to be an apostle to the nations. Well, what am I doing now? <laughs> if I'm if I'm not being faithful now, that word about me being an apostle to the nations is probably not ever going to happen. See, I'm pretty sure that the road to Rome always goes through Malta. It always does. You don't get there without going through Malta. And so, gotta build fire. gotta, Gotta see what God has for me right now, right here. Even in this space tonight, the person sitting next to you, maybe that's, Maybe that's what God is doing in your life tonight. Third thing, though, one, one thing that happened is, is when Paul went to help with a fire. Now he sees a fire. Um, I don't know if it's a guy thing, but sometimes you look at a fire and, and somebody's making a fire and you go, You call it a fire? <laughs> I can build a fire. <laughs> And so maybe that's what's going on in Paul's mind, other than that he's kind of coming across as a know-it-all throughout this whole voyage. I don't know if you've read the whole story. He's telling the pilot, no, don't go because there's going to be a storm. And he says, well, you should have listened to me and all that kind of stuff. So now they they build the fire and he, and, he, and he goes to pick up some wood to put on the fire and he gets bit by a snake. And apparently a poisonous snake. So the people on the island... Their assumptions, the way their worldview worked is, if you, if you survived a storm and you were a prisoner, that meant that you were innocent. But if you survive a storm and then get bit by a poisonous snake, that meant that you were actually guilty. And so they said, justice, the goddess of justice, is not going to let you live. And so what they, the conclusion they came to is, You are a murderer. You're a criminal. That's who you are. And you know what? When you end up in Malta, people are going to have some opinions about why you are where you are. Oh, you must be this. Oh, it's because you did that. So when we get stuck in Malta, we have to know who we are. We have to remember who we are we have to let what God says define who we are. Because people will try to put some labels on us when we're in Malta. When our lives aren't turning out the way we had hoped they would be. When we're not fulfilling the vision that God gave us. People will give us some some labels. We have to remember who we are. Now, when Paul didn't swell up and die... They said, oh, you must be a god. Okay, again, that was, their, that was the worldview. Those were the conclusions that they naturally came to. And it would have been easy for Paul to step into that space as well. I mean, if someone starts saying, you're a god, that feels kind of good. You are so awesome. I know you're stuck in Malta, but look how awesome you are. We have to remember who we are. And we can't remember it if we've never if we've never discovered who we are, if we've never had that, I think, a revelation from God, allowing us to see that that we're his sons and daughters. Because of what Jesus did, we get adopted. We get adopted, and that, that—that is exactly who we are. And our circumstances—they don't change that. They don't determine who we are. Even when Paul got to Rome, didn't those circumstances didn't determine who he was? I mean, Paul's the one who writes about us being adopted. He writes that uh, in Ephesians, we've been adopted, we've chosen. So when we get stuck in Malta, we have to remember who we are. Because those are the times when we forget when life isn't working out the way we thought. Those are the times you forget who you are. Last thing, when you get stuck in Malta... We need to remember that sometimes um, Malta saves our lives. If there's no Malta, Paul's still in the Mediterranean. Today, he's still there. Landing in Malta saved his life. When you're getting stuck in Malta, it, it's disappointing. But I'm, I'm pretty convinced that God knows what he's doing. And when we end up there, God's doing something. Sometimes it literally saves our lives. Here's my experience. of I, you know, I used to think I, I built a summer home in Malta. I, I think I've been there so many times, I just thought I'd... Make myself comfortable. <clears throat> you you've heard my story, many of you've heard my story and, and, and but when I look back at like the most traumatic event of my life, at least up to that point, um other than last week, but the most traumatic event of my life uh, was, was going through a divorce. And boy, you're just really in Malta. You're so in Malta when you go through something like that. I was just in Malta. And it took me a while to catch up to the taking care of myself. I ended up in the hospital. But I I figured it out, and I I started taking care of myself. I started building the fire. And I I wasn't drinking during those days. 10 years. I'm so thankful to God that I wasn't drinking. When I was in Malta. Because I would have got stuck in a bo- bottle. I think. And so I, I, I learned how to take care of myself. And I, and I had all these rhythms in my life at that point. And I had people in my life. And so I, I was building a fire. I said, alright, this is really, really hard. Some days I don't know how to get through the day. It's like, oh God, I can't get through the day. I can do the next half hour though. I'll do the next half hour. And then I'd do that half hour. And then I'd go, oh, no, can't get through the day. I'll do the next half hour. And so I, I learned how to build a fire. And then I just, I just kept doing what God had right in front of me. And at the time, we were, you know, I was leading a, a ministry that... It was, you know, it was, it was this little kind of crazy ministry. And, and I just said, okay, well, this, I figure these crazy people are okay with me. The rest of the Christian world is not so okay with me right now. But these people still believe in me. And so we just kept doing the stuff. And as we did the stuff, it grew. It actually the Salvage Yard Church back in Minneapolis actually was birthed in Malta. <laughs> That's where it came out of. And I had a lot of people putting labels on me, saying, "Well, this is why this happened because of this." You're you're this. And I would I would, I would hang on to the truth the best that I could. And I had moments during that season in Malta, where the presence of God was so tangible in this tiny little room in this intentional community that I was living in at the time, where God's presence was so tangible. And it reminded me that I was his son. And nothing could change that. And I look back at that time, and <clears throat> I think Malta kind of saved my life. that season was really painful and really life-changing. And I'm still standing. At least I got back up again a bunch of times. And I still believe. I still know that God is real. And now I know even more that He takes Malta and He redeems stuff in a way that I never imagined. So I'm pretty sure, um, well I know some of you are in Malta, I can see that you're in Malta and I'm really sorry and I know it's hard, I really know it's hard. but you probably will get to Rome. So hang on to the vision that God gave you. Hang on to it. You don't have to chuck it just because you don't see it happening. God will help you understand it a little bit more as as you go along, but hang on to it. (coughs) Pat to Rome goes to Malta. So I want to pray for you all, if I can, and probably um, at some point during the night, some of you who are just really feeling like, "Oh man, I can't live here anymore," that you you might want to get some more prayer um, over by the cross as you do here. Let's pray. God, you know it's really hard to be in a place that you don't want to be in. You know, you—I I know that you understand what we go through and what people are going through tonight. And I pray that you would give them, a, you would give people a gift tonight, that your spirit would just move in a real tangible way to breathe life and hope. Lord, I know the enemy tries to use these seasons to accuse you and to accuse us. So I pray for your protection. You deliver us from the evil one. That you protect our minds and our hearts. And I pray that your truth would set people free tonight, that your spirit of truth would bring freedom and hope.